Hello, and welcome to the Flowering She Rose Budcast. My name is Anna, or for the purpose of this podcast, Anahita, Bearer of Roses. I'm here to bridge plant and human consciousness as we gather in this virtual garden and explore how plants can help us awaken our feminine essence. It's my prayer that these personal stories, transmissions, and medicine music may remind you of the sacredness of this magical life and the power that lies in your intuitive nature. Hi, Hugh. Welcome to episode 11. I'm so glad you're here. Let's face it, if you consider yourself spiritual, it is quite easy to get on the bypassy train and to think more about ascended masters than perhaps the food we eat or the land that we live on. As humans, we are made of the stars and we are made of this earth. And I believe that humanity's awakening process is really a journey of bringing back Eden by remembering how not only to live in a regenerative symbiotic relationship with all of life, but to bless this earth that we call our home by cultivating even more beauty, by actually adding, as the gardener would add, to the diversity of the wilderness. And in today's episode, my guest Sina Marie and I explore how we can get to that place by remembering the magic in the mundane and uh, alchemizing spirit into form. It's a topic that is really at the heart and core of my mission on earth here, you could say. Before we dive in, I just wanted to let you all know that I've now added a monthly giveaway to my Patreon page where all patrons starting at the rose petal level, so starting at a dollar a month, will be automatically entered to win a flowering she reading every month. And I'm going to announce the winner a few days away from now. So there's still time to sign up and support the show in the process. I'm so grateful for everybody who's messaged me, everybody who's joined the Patreon. It's truly what makes this work worthwhile. In the very end of this show... In the last 10 minutes or so, the recording makes me sound a little bit choppy. I was not over-editing, it's just that somehow my voice didn't register properly, but it's still, it's still totally easy to listen and understand, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. Sina is a natural leader for humans that want more light and struggle to find it. She's passionate about returning to the Earth and creating a regenerative relationship with this beautiful planet. After leaving her job at Google, Sina studied yoga, plant medicine, Reiki, ceremony, and sound medicine. And she now teaches about cacao and Earth stewardship for a ceremonial cacao company. She lives in Northern California and loves singing, dancing, learning, yoga, morning cacao prayers, and creating with her beloved. Welcome, Sina. I'm really glad to have you here. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So excited. I love following all that you share on Instagram. And in the past months, you've been up to creating some new offerings that we'll be talking about today um, that are really an integration of so much of your path. Mm -hmm. So 
Your current project is called The Medicine of Being Human Community. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could share what led you to co-create this community and what is The Medicine of Being Human? Mm, yeah, such a good question. Something that I'm continually discovering. I'll start with the what is the medicine of being human or what does that mean to me? I've been fascinated by being a human since I can remember. And I remember just like observing the world around me, observing my body and just being like, this is so wild. Like this is such an interesting thing that's happening here. And through all the experiences that I've had in my life, I've come to the awareness of medicine as, as as a journey. Instead of the kind of allopathic Western approach to medicine, where we take this pill or we someone else gives us a solution and we take it and then it heals something, really for me um, and learning from many indigenous traditions that I've had the honor of exploring and studying, medicine is is the soul remembering itself and bringing the the separated parts of our beings and our different bodies energetic physical emotional all these different parts of ourselves it's it's a medicine of holding it's a medicine of coming back into fullness in our present form and so i view my life as a medicine journey so for anyone that sat in ceremony with master plants, the idea of going on a, a medicine journey, you know, it's this experience where you're in an altered state of consciousness and you are just going on a journey. It's it's kind of, it's like you're on a scavenger hunt. It's like you are in this exploration and learning and everything has meaning and everything has intention and everything is is symbolic. And that's how I've come to view my normal life. It's like this whole experience is a journey. Every challenge that I have is um, an opportunity for me to receive some medicine that I need. So the medicine of being human community is, yeah, I love how you said it's kind of this integration or culmination of a lot of my journey for the past, I don't know, four or five years um, and my whole life. Uh, it's a space to consistently connect with people. And as I've moved around and settled down in a, in a, a community that's actually quite thriving, um, and I do have a lot of in-person connection, I also still find myself desiring more consistency and desiring more support. And because I've had the opportunity to sit in so many circles and also facilitate circles, that for me is some of the biggest medicine because in a circle, we realize that there's no hierarchy and that we each have medicine for each other and we're not alone in our experiences. And so the medicine of being a human community is a consistent space for people to meet every couple of weeks. And we go through human life themes, I call them. We use the zodiac wheel as a guide because the 12 signs of the zodiac kind of take you through the journey of human life. And so we explore, you know, these themes that 
I wasn't really taught, and I know many of us weren't taught, like how to be a human in a good way, how to eat in a way that's right for your body, how to how to pray, how to express yourself, how to connect with your sexuality, how to heal yourself and connect with the plants, how to tend the land, you know, these things that seem so foundational to being in body on earth. And we've come so far from that as a society. And so it's a place to learn from each other, really. It's a place to talk about how it feels to be alive right now, which is just so wild in this crumbling, patriarchal, toxic, capitalist system. And then how do we live in a good way amidst that? And how do we hold love and hold our center and create thriving, supportive connections with each other amidst a world that can feel very isolating? I think it's uh, really interesting that you chose this name, the medicine of being human, because at a first glance, it's all about the ordinary. Like, of course, we're humans. What else would we be? We don't consider ourselves animals. Um, maybe some people connect more to their starseed lineage or even more to technology nowadays. Mm-hmm. So the way that you've set up this community, is this happening in person or online? Yeah, so the first phase uh, is it's online. And that's actually been a lot of my, I feel like a lot of my work in this world. You know, I, I worked at Google for five years. I've always loved technology. And when I was brain heartstorming this medicine and being human community, the feedback I got from people was like, this sounds so amazing. And I want this in person. Like, I don't want to be on my computer. I I may still be interested in doing that, but my preference is in person. And I totally agree and understand that. And through my journey and through the community that I've connected with on Instagram, I mean, this recording is happening because of Instagram, you know, and I've really seen the power of using technology to connect to a more global family. And that being said, the cool thing, I'm using this platform called Mighty Networks, and there's a feature where you can list your physical location, and then you can actually look through the members and see where, where people are. And so my vision for this is like, as it continues to grow, it could ripple out and people could create in-person gatherings and yeah, just like let it kind of evolve into this merging of the the digital and real life connection. Yeah. So like the online world supporting the creation of offline communities. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking and reading a bit about this almost like false sense of connection and community that many of us are faced with where in today's day and age, we have more friends than ever on Facebook. And we're constantly somehow chatting with people on our phones or through social media. And yet so many people feel more isolated than ever. Mm -hmm. How do you personally balance the online and offline community in your life? Because like you said, there's there's benefits to both spaces. For me personally, I'm more of an introvert in that I recharge when I'm alone. And because of that, I can tend to 
be a little more isolated. You know, I'll, I'll kind of be more of a homebody, which is great. And this is one of the reasons that the consistency element for this community and just in my life is so helpful because it just helps me show up. For example, you know, I actually reached out to a friend yesterday and was like, hey, do you want to go on a walk every Tuesday together? You know, and I just find that life will just kind of cruise by and I'll be like, wow, I haven't really walked or hiked outside and that's really important to me or I haven't dropped in with a friend in person this week. And for me, the way that my system works, like having consistency will really help me get in the groove of that. And so also things like ecstatic dance, you know, that's every week. And so that's on my radar of like, this is a place where I can go and be in community and, and connect. And really what's most important for me and what I've seen is the most supportive and healing for the people that have resonated with my work is just this feeling of safety. For me, there's like this need for really getting more time with a group of people. And this is why like retreats are so sweet. And that's another reason that the this consistent community, it's like we get to really know each other. And then there's this safety that's created. And that feels really important to me. I see. It sounds like it's it's really about the quality of community. Like what you are trying to create is the space of consistency and also safety, where people can be vulnerable, learn together, grow together. So while creating community, it also sounds like it's a, it's a school of life. I love that. And that actually was something I was playing with. I was like, is this a community? Is this, what is this space? And I was exploring, is this, this kind of feels like a life school and something that's really important to me. Laura is my co-facilitator. And we're there to guide, we're there to facilitate and kind of hold the space and steer the ship a bit. But we're not any more of an expert on human life than anyone else in the group. So I really didn't want to go in the school direction where like, I'm a teacher and I'm going to teach you things. I'm more interested in creating a space where we can all teach and learn from each other. Beautiful. And you do teach and inspire. You create regular embodiment reports where you're connecting what's going on in the, with the stars to how that might be relating to human life and to society at large. And the logo of the Medicine of Being Human community is like a downward facing triangle and a cacao tree. And then there's the cacao tree connected to a mushroom and a planet and the stars and some crystals. Maybe we could touch upon the different elements of your logo to kind of go deeper into your medicine. Yeah. I love this question. Thank you for bringing up the logo because that's definitely like a heart project. And I want to shout out Nikki Fenn who did the artwork for that. She's incredible. Yeah. So starting with the downward triangle, and this has definitely been a work of bridging for me in my life because how do we expand up and out and connect to source and connect to spirit and communication and guidance from the greater universe and also integrate that into our physical cells so that we really 
walk the talk? You know, how do we put all that guidance into action? And mm. I would guess this is a somewhat common path. I've I've experienced it and I've seen others experience it where you're following the life script that we are, you know, you go to school, you go to college, maybe, and you get a job. And then I chose to leave that and went on this big journey of, of soul searching and finding myself. And I would say that there was a good chunk of that time when I started to really open to like, oh my God, like I'm, I am spirit and spirit is here and there's beings and essences that want to communicate with me all the time. And then there's the planets and the stars and whoa, you know, and I just kind of like went pretty far into that, like more outward and upward realm, which is beautiful. And there's a lot of bypassing that can happen. There's a risk of that bypassing the human experience, like bypassing this like really mundane pain that I have in my right knee. Like, what is that about? Because the world is pretty hard right now with everything that's happening and it's intense. And so it can be a comfort and even an escape route in some ways to just stay in the ethereal. And if you've followed me for a while, like, you know, I'm pretty esoteric. I've talked about Arcturians implanting crystals into my body on Instagram. Like, <laughs> I totally go there. And, you know, my Aquarian sun and Aquarian Mercury, I naturally am like, oh, yeah, we're totally interdimensional. We're all connected to the galactic family. Like, I fully believe in all of this. And it's very much a part of how I operate in the world. And it can be beautiful to talk about, like, yeah, we're here to build the new earth. But like, what am I actually doing with my hands mm. that's bringing that new earth into form? Mm. In my own life, this concept of dissension, it's been um, almost surrendering and embracing the mundane as incredibly spiritual. Mm. You know, the dream is to buy the land and live with your friends and grow your own food, right? But like, are we taking steps to do that? Of course, it's not easy to buy land. It's not easy to tend land. It's not easy to live in community with people. Like that mm. is actually very hard. <laughs> and yet, if we put in the work, if we go step by step to bringing that vision into form, that to me feels so important. That downward triangle is like, there is so much beauty here. And the earth is a totally cosmic being all the plants, all the fungi, all the animals, like they're all here to like support us and we're all here together. And how do we hold that spiritual part of ourselves and channel that into like tilling the soil? How do we build what we see in our meditations and our visualizations and our journeys with our spirit guides? Like what does that actually translate to in your physical life? The vision that you spoke about, it, it speaks to me personally and so many of my friends. They share this desire to be on the land with their families, having animals, growing food. And last December, when I was kind of doing some visioning during the dark nights after the solstice, the most memorable and strongest vision that came to me was one of um, me hanging up the laundry and baking pie in my home 
with a large garden with my husband to be chopping wood with three or four children around me tugging at my skirt. And what I heard then was the love of a mother is going to be in the mundane world. If you're looking for mother's love, and I've, I've shared before in the podcast that that's something that I had struggled with, you're going to find it in the daily grind. You're going to find it in dirty diapers and in wiping up spills <laughs> and in cooking food mm. and brushing everybody's teeth every morning and every evening. And that is where you'll actually start to feel the love when you really um, immerse yourself in matter and find spirit there and grow your own food and and cook all the meals. And it's something that I love so much, you know, fermentation and making kombucha. And I usually am cooking like three times a day. And at the same time, the work that I'm doing now is so removed from the land. It's all like on the computer. And none of that was part of my vision. How do I get from here to there? Because I don't think that once I'm there, I'm going to be missing what I'm doing now. I don't think I'm going to be missing the screen. And the woman that I saw in that in that blue dress with the apron, she's just like, I'm going to pray for you <laughs> that you will find your way here. So like you said, as much as we can connect with the Ascended Masters and with the angels and <sighs> think about how we as humanity are, are going into the fifth dimension, we will only ever be as healthy as, as the soil that our food is growing from and if we're lucky mm -hmm. enough to even grow our own food, maybe we even have to spend the first half of our homesteading life regenerating whatever landscape we end up landing on, that there might be toxins in the soil. That yeah. work, that process, <sighs> in the world of technology, everything goes so fast. Things are fast paced. They're instant. And that is actual earth speed work and the rewards are not instant. And that's something we have to get used to. Like if you yeah. plant a seed, it's just going to take its time to germinate and sprout. Mm -hmm. And so just like all my respect to you for also calling out to yeah, the spiritual community in that way and saying, hey, let's bring it down, down and into, into the mm -hmm. earth and remember what our ancestors knew. It wasn't until the church came that we stopped believing that everything was sacred, everything was alive, and that heaven was on earth. Yes, I love what you said. You said something about like moving into 5D. And the way I think about it is we're actually like bringing 5D here. And we are bringing heaven to earth. Like we're not going anywhere. <laughs> And when we talk about 3D or 5D, we're really just talking about a frequency that we're holding. And it's a heart space. When people talk about vibration, that can seem really woo-woo. But my belief, when we talk about falling from grace, when we talk about like Adam and Eve falling out of the Garden of Eden, really to me, it's a, we fell in frequency. We fell in our vibration. We fell into density into like a third dimensional place and we forgot that like oh we can actually totally be in a fifth dimensional or beyond space mm. in our physical form that's just an example you know of like thinking about it as dissension it's like i'm trying to bring these very 
out there topics into like, oh, wait, actually, it's the frequency that I carry in my body that can birth 5D reality right here and right now. You know, by working with cacao, for example, by going and sitting with the trees and feeling just joy, that's it. And like the more that we can cultivate joy in the mundane, you know, I love your vision and I really resonate with that because I just bought a house. It's a huge fixer upper and it's on almost three acres. And like we bought it because there's visions of what we're going to create on this land. And I love working. I love being on my computer. I love being on Instagram. I love creating in the virtual realm. And I knew that like to really root down and to really like learn how to tend land, I need to own it. And this can open up a whole other conversation of like, can we really own the land? And what does that even mean? And for the more spiritual, more like bypassy part of myself, I've gone through a lot of process of like, wow, I'm contributing. I'm working within this system that I totally disagree with. And if anyone out there has bought a home, you know, like, it's insane. The mortgage process, the escrow process, the inspections, it's like so complex. And like, again, it's medicine for me because I had to hold the vision of what I believe I'm here to do. And it's overwhelming. It's like being in this huge house and with all this land and we're like, whoa, there's so many projects and and money and like I've become that adult that has like bills piled up and it's like, you know, that <laughs> freaks me out. Like my Aquarius <laughs> self is like, get me out of here. You know, like, what are you doing? You're like becoming that <laughs> mundane human, right? But it's like, I'm not because I'm bringing the love force alongside me. I've had to surrender a lot to be able to operate in this world because this is what we have to do to get things done. You know, I, I did my years of like, I'm going to nomad and I'm just going to like live outside of the system. And I did that. I loved it. It's medicinal for those that are in that stage of their life, like full support. And there's a time where we, it's like the heroine's journey. We bring the medicine home and we share it with our communities and we like learn how to build our own roots. So I'm asking this for everybody out there who's sharing that vision and that dream. How did you find that home? What was that process like for you? How did you find which part on earth you were going to put those roots down? And then how did you make that vision happen? Because I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. Oh, there's so many things I could say about this. Okay, I guess first up is clarity. You know, I'm I'm almost 32. I feel like that is helpful to know because sometimes I look at people and I see people living their life and I'm like, oh my God, like they're just doing it. And it's like, oh, but they're actually like, they have some, a few more years than I do. I feel like for me, the twenties were just kind of like exploration and shedding and, you know, I wasn't ready to do anything like this then. So there is a natural timing to things and you may have the vision for the the home and the kids, you know, and all the whole thing. And like you said, earth time, like that may be five, six, seven, ten years out, you know? And so there's this kind of exhale into like, okay, how can I hold this vision, continue my study prayer, and also take the small steps today 
in whatever situation I'm in that can support that journey. You know, maybe it's saving $10 a month. So I share all that to just say that I got really clear. I was renting and this last situation I was in, honestly, it was like the dream community. It was this gorgeous land and there was a bathhouse and a huge garden and like really cool people. And it just wasn't right for me. And it kind of brought enough like frustration and energy into my life. It just shook me up and like kind of activated me in a way. And I remember this moment of, you know, I think I had put my notice in to leave that land. I didn't know where I was going next. I really didn't want to do another short-term rental. It was this very empowering moment of like, I think I could actually buy my home. I think I could financially do this. And I think that's what I want to do. So that clarity moment really just kind of set the stage. And my partner you know, he it took him a little bit to get on board because it's it's also his vision and it's a huge commitment. And so from that point on, it was a lot of prayer and a lot of showing up and a lot of sitting with all the fears that come up through the process, you know, like all these little road bumps along the way were these moments where I got to sit with my doubt and be like, is this a sign? You know, does that mean that this is not the right place? And I kind of just let that thought come and go um, because that clarity and prayer that I had was so deeply rooted in me of like, this is what I want. And like the mundane 3D world is not smooth because we've created these backward systems. So like, this is what I've chosen to step into and I need to stay my course And of course, it's terrifying to think about like a 30-year mortgage and all like, whoa, dude, but it's where I am right now. And I just need to stay present and trust, you know, it's like a deep practice of trust. And just to circle back to that prayer piece, because that feels really important. When I got clear that I wanted to find a home, I don't think I've been so dedicated to a consistent, intentional prayer as I was to this journey. Um, I remember like in the summer when I started this process and we were looking at homes and it felt daunting and confusing and scary, or we would go see a home and it was just like not at all what we wanted. And it was really disappointing. And I would just sit on the deck of the place that I lived with cacao and just like talk to the land. I, I made offerings to the land up here on hikes and introduced myself and was like, Hey, I really feel called to like build a deeper relationship with you and asked if I could be a steward here and asked if they the land would receive me. And, you know, it's a deep practice of humility to own quote unquote home and land. You know, it's like to do that in a good way. Like I need to be able to listen and really learn from the land and learn to ask permission and learn to make offerings and Yeah. So that it was just like my heartbeat. It was just this like prayer of I'm calling in this land and please, if you'll have me, you know. (laughs) Such a beautiful process that you're describing. The one of actually communicating with the land as a consciousness, recognizing it's animate and Mm -hmm. practicing deep listening. And what I also 
really appreciated was when you said that in this 3D reality, things don't always go smooth because we do sometimes hear, especially in these spiritual circles, if it's not downstream, then it's not meant for you. But um, just today I read about a really sweet analogy that had to do with the process of planting your seeds and then watering them and then watching them grow. And then to really like ask yourself with the seeds that you've planted in your life, are you truly trusting and are you patient and um, expecting them to grow in, in their own time? Or are you constantly digging up the earth again to see if something's happening under the soil? And I feel, felt like I have de definitely guilty of that. <laughs> yes, I love this. I mean, me too. And I think a lot of what you said about timing and with the fast pace of the internet and phones and connectivity, it's hard to be patient. It's hard to wait. And there's something that feels really important to me. It's like there's a balance between listening to the guidance, observing what's flowing and what's not, and also following and trusting yourself because ultimately we have to show up for our life. And if something isn't flowing, it's how we're interpreting it. Like we're the ones that are like, this is flowing or this is not flowing. It's going through our internal judgment system of what flow is. And so I think this is something that is a slippery slope in spiritual communities where it's the same thing as giving our power away to a authority figure um, in a way, but we give our power away to like universal guidance, quote unquote. <laughs> and I don't mean to say like spirit does guide and I'm learning how to communicate this because it's complex, but we are spirit. Like when we're standing on our two feet, rooted into the earth, connected to the sun, like fully embodied in these powerful human forms, like that is spirit. I've gone through these phases of just like, universe, tell me what to do. And it's like, well, what do you feel? Like, what do you really want? And trust that. And follow that. And you're going to go through moments of quote unquote failure. And it's going to take you through this winding journey through the woods that, you know, paths that you didn't even know were there and scary monsters coming out of the trees. And like, that's all going to happen. But if you stay the course and keep following that vision, like you're going to look behind you at some point and be like, wow, I actually made it here. Like, this is what I've wanted to create. And I stuck with it. Yes. I've realized that whenever I ask the question, spirit, am I meant to be serving in this way or am I meant to be doing that? That it's me basically giving my power away to spirit. And it's actually, whenever I hear myself asking that, it's an invitation to come back into my midline and into my center even deeper. And it's like a symptom of me not being in my center. And every time I'm like, wanting to draw oracle cards to get the answer from an outer reflection. I mean, oracle cards are a wonderful tool, but I've noticed that my tendency to like overuse them is just a lack of being in that grounded, rooted place 
Um, one more question that I had. So uh, I know that you're also really tuned into the stars and the transits, and I assume also your personal astrology um, in this whole process of recognizing that it was time for you to root down. Did you also consult with your personal astrology as for the right timing, like speaking about this balance between prayer and well, there's the fate, there's fate and the stars. And no matter how much we yell at the stars, it's not going to change their course. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a cool question. So the order of operations was like, I got clear in myself and I started the process. And then I do look at my chart relatively often. And I've been tuning into the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that just happened on January uh, 12th, 2020. Um, and that that's just like a big moment in, in astrology. And that's a whole other conversation. But I'm still technically in my Saturn return because your Saturn return lasts for the entire time Saturn is in the sign that your natal Saturn is in. And so Pluto's transformation, Saturn is time, it's structure, it's literally like tangible form. It's kind of, it's like mundane. It's like, let's roll up our sleeves and do the work. And like form is more important than spirit in some ways. That's kind of the the old version, the 3D version of Saturn. And the, the 5D version of Saturn is like the alchemist. Like how do we alchemize spirit into matter um, and operate in the mundane world and the physical world fully aligned with with love and with spirit. So Saturn has been in my fourth house and the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened in my fourth house. And the fourth house is associated with home. It's associated with foundations. It's associated with family. The kind of ruling sign of it is cancer. And so the cancer archetype is mother, it's moon, it's water, it's the crab. So there's this kind of like hard shell. Um, There's like a foundation, foundational piece with that shell that's holding the precious insides of the crab. And so I would say it was more validating for me. It It was more just like oh, yep, right on schedule of like, of course, I'm feeling called to buy a home right now. And that being said, you know, astrology is so infinite. You know, the fourth house can be mother, matrilineal lineage healing, ancestral healing. Um, And so it's not like everyone that had Saturn in the fourth house during this time is going to buy a home. Yeah, mine's the same fourth house in Capricorn. Yeah. <laughs> cool. How did it how did it show up for you, do you think? Well, I didn't buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm living across from my parents, so plenty of opportunity for family healing. <laughs> um <laughs> brings stuff up. But I've been living here for um, you know, even before my Saturn return for the past um four and a half years now. Okay. There's definitely that aspect of um, wondering where to put my roots because I don't necessarily feel like I want it to be right across from the home where I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So lately I've been walking the earth, the land that holds me that I'm so connected to, but at the same time, um, imagining myself gathering my earth placenta Mm. and stating that as much as I'm grateful for the land to have 
um, nourished me and held me as I grew up. I'm, I'm now an adult and I would like to decide where to go mm-hmm. and where to plant my roots. Like it doesn't have to be here because my ancestors made the choice mm-hmm. of having it be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the vision for where to go, what will come next hasn't actually landed. There's, there's a lot in the dark right now still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Saturn is like father time too. And so I feel like with Saturn and Pluto, I mean, Pluto is very slow moving and Saturn is, is also pretty slow moving. And so things take time. It's, it's very much the medicine of like patience and like surrender and just kind of like, okay, this is where I am right now. I'm feeling these things. I want to shift these things and I can tell it's not quite here yet. You know, I just have to trust that it'll come. Yeah. And so it sounds like you look to the stars more for for confirmation of what you're already feeling on the inside rather than giving your power away to something that could be interpreted in so many different ways anyway. Totally. Personally, I, f- I can feel confused. You know, I, I don't really resonate so much with predictive astrology where it's like, this is where the stars are going to be. So thus, this, something like this is going to happen in your life. And it feels really validating, though, when I do experience something and then I look at certain transits happening. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love astrology because it gives me a feeling of being connected to a greater whole, Mm. being connected to even beyond this planet. It's like we're all so intergalactic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the planets are here you know, we're, we're all supporting each other and there's a lot of tools available for us. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of tools, I really appreciate how you communicate that we don't have to do it all on our own. We're totally allowed to bring in all of the helping plants and mushrooms here on this mission mm-hmm. of bringing spirit back into matter and hence the cacao tree and the the mushroom in your logo, I assume. Yes, totally. I mean, I think the plants and the fungi, it's like they're here to help us. And they are also so much wiser than this one incarnation that I'm in in my life right now. Mm. The fungi has been here forever. And the cacao tree traces back, genetics trace back to like 80 million years ago. Wow. Like not necessarily the cacao tree itself, but like um, parts of its DNA go back way far. And there is an element of surrender and humility when opening to working with plants or fungi as allies. And um, similar to, you know, how I was making prayers to the land of like, please, can I can I tend you? It's a similar process with with my connection with cacao and, and mushrooms. It's like, please guide me or like, please like support me. And what I love about these plants that I ingest almost every day is that I get to kind of incorporate their wisdom into my physical body. I feel I've become more grounded. You know, cacao is a tree. It has roots. Uh, many people talk about it as a heart medicine, which for sure, and the heart pumps our blood throughout our entire body. And it helps us activate and amplify and get in touch with areas of ourselves that helps us be more embodied in physical form. And then it also, it's a mother energy and it's a tree. So there's also a lot of medicine in 
roots and connecting to the earth and connecting to our ancestors, our physical like family ancestors and also like our tree ancestors. And then the the mushroom, they have the mycelium. And if you are new to that word, I highly recommend just Googling like photos of mycelium networks. They're kind of, you can think of them as like the roots of the mushrooms. Um, and they actually cover about 90% of the Earth's surface. So they are the underground internet. <laughs> they connect the roots of trees and plants. Like trees actually speak to each other. They send signals through the mycelium. Like if there's a, a virus coming in or they actually communicate through the mycelium network. And so this is what we need to do. Like as humans, we need to like return to our mycelial web that so many of us know is here and know is possible. And yet the constructs that we've created, the conditioning that we've grown up with makes it really hard to just like show up in community or to support each other. Sometimes, you know, mm. we just have a lot of communication stuff to learn and a lot of personal healing and trauma to deal with. So these two allies of mine are just like, so supportive for my own healing and embodiment and then for helping connect to this greater web that we're all a part of. Yes. It's just magical. Yeah. We, we actually have two episodes. One is episode six. That's all about the magic of mushrooms and the mycelial network and their teachings. And episode 10 is about cacao. Mm -hmm. I think like you said, they're such big allies that it makes sense to have an entire episode devoted to them. And I, we could have recorded an entire episode about each of them, you and I as well, because every person's experience brings something new to the table as well. Right. Yeah. One thing I do want to just like add in is there is something to combining the two. There is something powerful and feels very ancient and feels, if this resonates with you, it feels worth exploring. Um, like in my own personal practice, I do a microdosing protocol with lion's mane and psilocybin. Pretty much right from the beginning, it was like, this goes into my ceremonial cacao that I drink most mornings. Like I mix it in. It's like, these are not separate things to take this is meant to be together. <laughs> and from a more like scientific physiological perspective, cacao is a vasodilator, meaning it relaxes your blood vessels and more blood can flow through you, which is why the heart opening aspect is often talked about because there's more energy moving through your heart. And it's got roughly 50% saturated fat. It's roughly 50% cacao butter, which is a really high quality saturated fat. And so the fat helps us absorb nutrients. It gets into like the lipid layers of our cells and whatever we're combining with the cacao, it helps us like receive it more. It makes it more bioavailable. So if we were just to take mushrooms without cacao, that's one thing, but then combining it with cacao, I feel really helps my body absorb it more deeply. So I just wanted to plant that seed. <laughs> Um, there's something about how, you know, lipids are so helpful to our nervous system and collectively our nervous systems are so overtaxed. It feels like uh, really important to, to be nourishing ourselves in that way. Yeah. Today's medicine song is actually about 
Mama Cacao, and it's a song that you recorded. Could you tell me a little about yeah how it came into being? Yeah, it's a really cool story. I was invited to share about cacao at a festival in Guatemala. I guess it was a couple years ago now. And before the trip, a song started to come through. I think I had the melody on the guitar, and I think I had part of a chorus. And it was about cacao. And I was super inspired, and I just decided to put a, a snippet of me playing what I had on Instagram and Facebook, and was like, "Hey, this you know this song about cacao. Does anyone hear any lyrics?" And I got like the most beautiful poetry from like many people. People were just hearing lyrics and these beautiful words were flowing through. And I can attest, like I tried to do this like a year later with a song that was not about cacao and it did not work. People did not really have much to say about it. I mean, they didn't have lyrics to contribute. And so I compiled everyone's lyrics and I basically created a song from it. And so it's this co-created song, which is just like perfect cacao medicine. It's the only song I've actually fully, you know, recorded and had produced and mastered in a studio and the way that that happened is I played it, I was playing it all over Guatemala, but I was playing it at that festival in a cacao circle and um there was this guy Mole from Iceland and he had a friend in Antigua that had a recording studio and he basically invited me to record that song at this friend's studio and potentially have it be um, an offering for like a Kickstarter project that he was working on. And I don't think that project ever actually came into fruition, but I took him up on it and I was like, cool. So I went to Antigua, met his friend and recorded this song and it actually sat dormant um, for at least six months, maybe even longer. So, you know, I recorded it, but then there's, there's a whole process where you, they need to um, mix it and master it. And that is an investment in money. And I don't know, I just kind of like let it be there. I had the demo version of it. And then I was at my friend's wedding and uh, there was a sound healing and I had sat with cacao right before going into that sound healing. And in that sound healing, I received the entire vision of like, it's time to birth this song and it's time to get it mixed and mastered. And this is what the album cover is going to look like. And this is where you can do the photo shoot. It just like all kind of came in and I was like, okay, I guess I should just finish this project, like get it out of its sleepy state. Um. Yeah. So anyways, I, I paid for the mixing and mastering and it's now up on Bandcamp and I have the lyrics up there. So it's not like my song, you know, it's totally all of our song. It's Cacao's song. And so um, I feel super excited about people sharing it in their cacao circles and just like having it ripple out. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for becoming a vessel mm -hmm. for this song and making that investment. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
That was Mama Cacao by Sina Maria and all of the people that co-created it with her. If you would like to incorporate the song into your cacao ceremony, Sina is actually going to be sharing it and um, making it available for download for our Patreons. Sina, before we come to a close, I have a flash round of questions that I like to ask all of my guests. And the first one is, if you were an essence or a, an essence blend, what would you be? <laughs> Ooh, I would be a rainbow crystal kitten jaguar Ooh. cacao tree mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What 
is your current plant ally and what is it teaching you? I mean, cacao is just so strong for me. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. Um, what it's teaching me is how to show up for the mundane feeling things in my life with love and with a connection to the greater picture, holding the greater picture in my heart as I'm creating things that could feel really boring or, you know, kind of like a drudge. Yeah, I feel that with cacao. Mm. One of the other questions that I sometimes ask is, is what is happening in the environment around you in nature? What are you noticing in the seasons? Because all of our guests are in different parts of the world. And because I know that these processes and where we are in the year is also part of the medicine of being human community. Yeah, maybe we could tie those two questions together. Like what is going on, you know, around the end of February? What are the themes that you'll be looking at in the community collectively? Yeah. So where I am right now, I'm in the Sierra foothills in Northern California. So this winter has been a mix of dreary cloudy days and rainy days and then these pockets of sunshine. I grew up in Minnesota so the winter here to me is like so magical. <laughs> like it's just really nice. I still feel the kind of womb and inward slow pace of winter and I also get to have some sun rays shining down. So I'm really grateful for that. And yeah, so in February it's really Aquarius and Pisces are the the realms that we are working within in the medicine of being human community. So Aquarius represents winter. It's a fixed sign and it is the water bearer. So there's a focus on the water element as well as air. So Aquarius is kind of bridging in that way. And we're focusing on community building and like how do we create a strong community in the medicine of being human community? And how do we also ripple out into creating communities in our physical places or in other online spaces? And then um, Pisces, so the end of February and into March, this is the last sign of the Zodiac. And so really, you know, from a big picture perspective, we're kind of actually closing out the year with Aquarius and Pisces. If we're looking at the Zodiac calendar, the new year, starts in Aries, uh, which is more mid to late March. Um, and that coincides with the planting calendar. So that's like when spring's starting to happen and we're starting to plant our gardens. And it makes more sense to me than our Gregorian calendar in so many ways. So yeah, there's an energy of, of community and, and supporting each other through the winter months. And then Closing out the year with Pisces, which is the the mystic, the intuitive. We'll be talking about emotional ninja tactics and how to tap into the subconscious and also how to work with the Piscean tendency to merge and the medicine of that and also like how to create clear boundaries in that. Yeah, so much more, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, so really useful stuff that we can call upon for our human body spaceships when we're navigating relationships. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so for everybody out there that's interested in learning more about 
you're offering, where can they find out more about you and the Medicine of Being Human community? Yeah, um, medicineofbeinghuman.com is the like main space where you can see all the details. And you can also follow me on Instagram. It's at Sina two underscores Maria. And I also share my embodiment reports on Instagram and I do an email as well. So yeah, I would love to connect with anyone that's feeling the call. Feel free to reach out and DM me anytime. I love meeting new people. So I'm here. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So Sina, thank you for everything that you're doing and all of your earth star stewardship and for sharing all of your story and helpful tips with us today. It was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Anahita. It was so great to connect and you are doing such an amazing job with this podcast. I'm so grateful that you're sticking with it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us in this wild garden and listening to today's show. I love connecting with my listeners and hearing about what insights you gained. Feel free to leave a comment below the show notes on floweringshe.com and be sure to follow me on Instagram at floweringsherose. If you like this podcast, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and I'll be sure to send you some extra fairy dust. From my blossoming heart and my buzzing womb to yours, until next time.